Hello, Guitar Smarts listeners. This is an important announcement. Please don't skip ahead. We start this podcast with a special message. Way back in 2021, Guitar Smarts had the pleasure of interviewing the utterly fantastic Matt Long. Matt is a multiple award-winning British blues guitarist and lead singer of the British blues band Catfish and hard rock outfit The Revenant Ones. He joined us for episode number 20 and was a truly gracious guest who spoke about his career, his childhood, guitars and meetings his hero, Joe Bonamassa. Well, Matt needs your help. Through 2023, Matt has been undergoing treatment for bowel cancer, and his recent prognosis has meant that to extend his life and retain a chance of survival, he needs to seek private treatment outside of the NHS. Matt's family have set up a GoFundMe page that is linked in the Guitar Smarts link tree in the description of this podcast. And we at the Guitar Smarts podcast would like to invite each and every listener to consider donating towards this fund that could well save the life of one of the brightest guitar talents of our generation. Now is the time, folks. Head on over to the link in the description to find the GoFundMe page. Donate what you can. Your donation could save a life. Thank you. Enjoy the podcast. But if it did then turn into a new profession for me, wow, that, that would be, that'd be super cool. I feel like this has turned into some sort of therapy session about how I need to reassess my life goals oh, and current, current trajectory and plan. I just feel like you're holding back. <laughs> you know. Oh, stop it. <laughs> Don't. I'm going to go into a spiral of questioning my life choices now. <laughs> Greetings, welcome back to the Guitar Smarts podcast. So, recent Eric Baby gigs, Helix programming skills for wedding gigs, fret dressing anxiety, luthiery dreams, and much more. This week is a mixed bag of conversation of many things, but nothing in particular. Hope you enjoy it. Housekeeping, remember to like and subscribe to this podcast. This way you won't miss the next show. There is a link tree in the description of this show where you can follow links to our Buy Me A Coffee page, links to some of our other spots. Spotify playlists, social media pages, especially the Guitar Geek Hangout page on Facebook, where you can interact with Kieran, myself, and many other guitar nerds just like us. Anyway, have a great couple of weeks. Remember, if you have any comments or requests for the show, you can reach out to us through our social media pages. That's about enough from me. Let's get to it. Kieran, it's Friday. How you doing, mate? You well? I'm really good. It's it's good to see you. It feels like we've had a little break for a for a week or so, haven't we? We had Easter holidays. Yeah, we, and, yeah and, exactly. Uh, yeah. And so and so we're back in after that. So yeah, mate, yeah. I'm I'm really good. But it's lovely to see your beaming face and uh, <laughs> and, and, and chat to you today. It feels yeah, like it's been too, it, it's been too long. I'm having Likewise. withdrawal. I'm having Likewise. withdrawal. Likewise, it has been a while, hasn't it? It's nice. It's nice to get back to it. Sit down with a nice little cup of tea and have a chat about. Random guitar-based things, or less random things, who knows? Not all of these are planned. (laughs) Some are very meticulously planned to the nth degree. That's right. Some some are just the ramblings of two middle-aged men who love guitars. There we go. That's right. Today might be a ramblings (laughs) one, I think, but it'd be a good one nonetheless, because there's some interesting news about. But anyway, so considering it has been... A few weeks since we've had a proper catch-up, mate. Um, mm. What's new? What's uh, any, anything to report? Gig reports or anything like yeah. that? What's, what's happening? What's going on? Yeah. So, um, so the band's been gigging um, a fair a fair bit, which is lovely. Thoroughly enjoying uh, the set list at the moment. A few new, new numbers have bedded in really nicely now, which I'm which I'm really enjoying playing. Nice. Um, and the band's getting getting tighter and. Feeling um, it, are you? You're feeling yeah. it kind of locking down a bit. That's I am. Awesome. I am feeling it. And um, the last few gigs, like there's, there's been no, no major mistakes or anything. I mean, to be honest, when 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 you're playing a set list, there'll always be the odd note and things that will that will slip here and there. But no one will notice in the audience. It's only amongst oh. the band that that it happens, right? And you give each other a wry look and, and take the take the piss out of each other. But no one no one notices. There's been there's been a few gigs where I've I've I've, I've dropped a clanger, but again, not that anyone would necessarily notice other than the band. Um, but that's the pressure of 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 kind of being the only kind of main harmony yeah. melodic instrument, and like it's all on it's all on you. And mm. um, but but that hasn't happened for a good few gigs now, and I'm 
I'm locked in now and the band's feeling tighter and we're introducing new material and it's and it's bedding in nicely and I'm just yeah I'm, I'm feeling in a good place not a complacent place because you can't be complacent when you're when you're doing those mm. types of gigs where you're the only one and mm. but it's gone now from a point of me being anxious before a gig to me like like a healthy amount of anxiety but not not yeah, not, not, not anything like disturbing but to me now having an adrenaline buzz before a gig and mm. going yeah come on mm. let's do this we, we got it and just enjoying it and being comfortable with the set and um and and and, and feeling it with the band so yeah we've had a good run of, of gigs recently um having said that we've got two weeks break now and no no gigs for two weeks so um it feels weird this weekend not to not to be gigging but um but yeah so on that front the band is all good um Excellent. i went and saw uh, this week um, with a, a school friend of mine, um, my oldest friend. Uh, he and I have known each other since we were, what, 11, 12 years old? Wow. And, and we're now, we are now Hello. wise men, wise and older <laughs> men. Uh, but we only really live, uh, we've kind of moved around in different places yeah. and with work and stuff over the years. But now we live like 10 minutes drive from each other. Yeah. Um, and it's wonderful. And we've got kids kind of similar age and all that kind of stuff. So, um, so yeah, we, we, um, spent, spend more time together these days, which is lovely. But he, um, he messaged me and, uh, he said, I've got two front row tickets to, to go and see Eric Bibb, uh, in Basingstoke, which is not, not, not too far from where, where we live. It's about mm. an hour's drive. Um, and he said, uh, do you fancy going? And I was like, this is brilliant. Which is one of those spontaneous kind of mm. things where, mm. he, you know, there's no pre, pre arrangement or anything like that. I knew he's a fan of Eric Bibb. Um, and he'd just gone and got two tickets and, and thought that I'd like to join him for it. And it was just like, yeah, okay, great. I'll, mm. I'll come along. And, um, Eric Biggs, one of those, um, kind of American blues roots, kind of folk soul, uh, instrumentalist that I've known about for a while and listened to a, a fair few of his tracks within various playlists and stuff, but never fully immersed myself in his entire back catalog of which there is a huge back catalog. Mm. Um, so it was a lovely gig for me to just go to, knowing a few songs and obviously loving blues uh, music, mm. to just go and listen to songs for the first time for me yeah. and see what resonated. And just, well, first, the Anvil, this um, venue in Basingstoke, has it's brilliant. If anyone lives anywhere near that. I've or, never or, been, you know, but I work, that's oh. where, where I work. My head office is in... Basingstoke, and I've often wondered about like, oh, oh, yeah. I wonder if that's a good venue to go and see some people play. It is, yeah, it is. It's a beautiful little auditorium, um, fantastic acoustics, mm. um, particularly for this type of music, which had a lot of space and a lot of feel. Um, and it was it was a magical night, mate. It was just really, really chilled, really lovely music. We had mm. literally front row seats, so it felt like we were sitting in somebody's somebody's lounge watching <laughs> watching these guys play. It was it was that it was that close to the interaction. And yeah, man, f- phenomenal playing. <clears throat> um, a real variety of his back catalogue being played, as well as his his latest album um, called Riding, which has just just come out. Um, but what's nice about Eric Bibb is that he has got that that dynamic ability to play a range of songs, everything from out and out kind of roots, deep South blues music um, through to more kind of blues folk stuff. And some of this Mm. stuff is upbeat and some of it's kind of very parable based and some of it's kind of very sad and poignant and, you know, provide social commentary and all of that. So there was a whole mix, but he, he was very much a narrator of the show as well. Uh, and and spoke beautifully and eloquently between songs before he played and it was Mm. a and had a huge reverence for his band as well that was there kind of just um adding to what he does rather than dominating it so it was it was it was a wonderful night but certainly i came there was a couple of songs that just left me kind of like wow just incredible Mm. and and to the point where the next day i found myself um, plugging my acoustic guitar into my spark amp, dialing in that kind of oh, wow, that, that, uh, that sound and, and really going back to some, some rootsy kind of blues yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, no, no, no shredding, no, no noodling, just getting those, those turnarounds <laughs> and those real kind of blues stuff. I'll send yeah. you some that I recorded yesterday on my iPhone just to try and try and listen to if I, if I was getting the feel for it. But 
Yeah. That's a good sign to me of a gig where you go and you kind of know a little bit about the artist, you thoroughly enjoy it. And then the next day you're kind of picking up the guitar and going, I need to nail some of those, those licks. So yeah, that was an, that was a little inspiring wow. moment this what week. What a great gig. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he's been around for donkey's years, hasn't he, Eric Babe? He's a bit of a, like you say, a bit of a legend. One of the like stalwarts of that kind of area of blues of doing that acoustic Delta inspired yeah. kind of stuff yes. still. Yeah. You know, Absol- I, can't, I can't think Absolutely. of who else does it. There's another guy who can't, his name slips my mind who's similar to him, who's really good. Um, I have his name um, slip, but. But yeah, that's cool, man. I mean, I, I need to keep my eyes out for gigs like that because that yeah, that is and, the, and and that venue as well, mate. There's a yeah. few coming up. There's two venues that I, that I've really enjoyed. Um, one was the 1865 in Southampton that we went to see King King at, yeah. which is great. great and I've kept, there's the there's some some nice artists coming up there later in the year. I think Dan Petlansky is coming up there in May as well. Okay. Kind of very Stevie yeah. Ray Vaughan esque blues style yeah. musicians. Um, might might go down and see, check that out if you fancy it. But yeah, I've I, I definitely adding the Anvil to the list. Um, uh, yeah, good venue, uh, great night as cool. well. So so yeah. So that was that was cool. Oh, Google! Oh, do do this for me as well, okay. like, if you can. Right, Google yeah. um, Eric Bibb twenty twenty three and just and just go to photos. Eric Bibb twenty twenty three. Yeah, I want you to pull up a recent photo of him. Yeah. So you can so you can see. Don't read any of the text. Just just have a look at the picture. You got something coming up? Is it a, is it a particular picture? I should be no. For? Just any just any picture. Just any picture. Just any that picture of, of Eric Bibb, 2023. Kind yeah, of yeah. Yeah, okay. You got one? Yeah. How old do you say that guy is? Um, oh, crikey. Do you know what? That is, I'm looking at a few pictures now, trying to engage it. I don't know. Yeah. He looks like someone who might be mid-50s, something like that. I I, I'd say so. I'd yeah. say so. Mid-50s, yeah? Yeah. How old is he? Dude is 71. What? I, it's uh, mate. I met him after the show, yeah, uh, and bought a copy of his album and had it signed. <coughs> and I've sent you that. I sent you the pictures actually of, of, course. Yes, of that, did, yeah. of, of that yeah. meeting. So you'll see like my actual iPhone pictures on on yeah. your phone of 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 a recent picture of him um, from this week. You had really it, good seats as well, didn't you? We did have really good <laughs> seats, mate. It was insane. Um, he is 71 years old. That's crazy. I'm just looking he at the lo- picture of you talking to him now. Yeah. He looks your age. I, That's I what my wife it, said. I know. You, you look older than him. I do. <laughs> I'm not joking. I do. Um, so me and my friend Mark, sorry, I forgot to name check you, Mark. I was talking about you, that you very kindly bought these tickets for us. So me and Mark, who, who um, had gone to see this gig and, and thoroughly loved it, and then went to meet him afterwards while we were queuing to meet him. And it was only a two-minute queue. It was a lovely little intimate gig. I said to Mark... That was an incredible show. I mean, the guys just played for two hours, no breaks, um, engaging the audience, telling stories between songs, little jokes, creating an atmosphere as well as performing. So you felt you got a really full experience, right? And, um, the other surprising thing that we didn't realize or hadn't, hadn't gathered until the end of the gig is that was the first leg of a tour, uh, of a world tour that he's going on. Like, um, and it didn't feel like the first leg. Um, they were tight, like super, super tight, right? Mm. But, but, but fresh. Anyway, two hours, n- didn't drop a note, engaged the audience from start to finish. He was conducting sing-alongs with the audience as well, getting audience participation. It was a really engaging mm. night um, with, with Eric Bibb. And I said to Mark while we were queuing, how old do you think that gu- that guy is? I've got no idea. It's kind of difficult to tell because he's he's an old soul, right? You can his wisdom and the way he talks and stuff. But mm. and we said, yeah, he's probably about a little bit older than us, maybe, uh, may- maybe fifty, seventy one. It's insane, wow. Wow. insane. He just looks incredible. He does, doesn't he? He does. Good for him. I yeah, mean, the man. other guy was, uh, that's it, Keb Moe. Do you know Keb, Keb Moe? Yeah, absolutely. Who, I think absolutely. Him, he was very, yeah, yeah. very yeah. cool. And um, wow, man, what a great yeah. gig. Yeah, it was Thank great. It was great fun. It was great that. fun. Yeah, no worries, man. Check out some of his stuff. I'll send you, you some will. of the songs that I really, um, really enjoyed him playing live last night. So yeah, man. That and I've been doing some guitar repairs and stuff. Yeah, uh, as as per as per usual. Um, yeah, man. Life life is all good. How about you? What have you Ooh. been up to for the last few weeks? 
Oh, well, I've got, I had a gig as well. I had a gig this weekend just gone. Yes. And a wedding, yeah. and this was the first time I used the Catalyst as my amp, and it was great. Honestly, absolutely yeah. loved it. Um, I think, though, on the next gig, I'm going to try using the Catalyst actual amps, and I'm going to set up my Helix just as a pedal board, so not, okay. not actually use a built-in, just out of an experiment. Right, um, there's nothing that's kind of made you decide that from the gigging experience no, you had with the, with no, the set. No, gigging experience wanted, was great. Yeah. Okay. In fact, I set up my Helix in a different way this time because... Sorry to interrupt this conversation. However, if you're a regular listener, then you should definitely come and join us on our Facebook group, The Guitar Geek Hangout. Go and join The Guitar Geek Hangout on Facebook now before you carry on with this podcast. I'll wait here. Hey, welcome back. I found that one of the things I, one of the sounds I really love in the Helix is um, uh, the jumpered plexi. So if you find like oh, the, yeah. the original nice. like plexi um, yeah. JTM and the one of the amp models you can choose is the jumpered version. So it's like both. Was it the forty-five? Was it the is it the JTM? No, this is the hundred watt one. There's a there's a, oh, there's, a okay. there's a hundred yeah. watt version. There's an original JTM forty-five amp model, and right. then like the yeah. like the super lead kind of, uh, which yeah, was a, okay. which was still a JTM, but um, yeah, um, um, yeah. So that was the hundred watt super lead version, and that right. that model there's a jumpered version, so it's kind of like. You know, both channels jumpered and then... Yeah. So you get both gains. But if you crank everything... And this was the thing with, with Super Leads is, or with Marshall Amps is you had to crank everything to get that sound. <laughs> Not just the gains, like yeah, yeah. everything. And it's and it works a lot. Everything, yeah. yeah, exactly. So, and it works the same way in the Helix. If you crank both the gains, right. you kind of get a decent sound. But if you crank everything in the Helix, it's just... It's like pure Gary Moore, you know, um, still got the blues tone nice. kind of thing. Incredibly nice. creamy kind of. Mm. I mean, I've just been playing it all the time with the Les Paul with those pickups in, in into that amp model. It just sounds, it's just like the perfect lead sound. But the most amazing thing about it is roll the volume right down and it cleans up like beautifully to like a really snappy, clean lead sound. But right. I was like, I really want to gig that sound, but I'm just a little bit uncomfortable in a wedding gig situation with getting the the right sound really quickly, you know. So I just built it into the Helix. So I just put like a game block at the beginning of everything in in the Helix and then just had different snapshots, which are like presets within a preset. That's different versions of the rig that you have set up to control that pre-volume setting. So it's kind of... It basically means I can I can stand on one pedal and it's the equivalent of turning my volume down to where it needs to be to be clean. And then it was clean, even though the plexi was, you know, um, still cranked. So I had different volume settings for like a crunchy sound, a different volume setting for a heavier rhythm sound and a setting for a full-on lead. And I gigged with that and it just worked brilliantly. So it was like nice to have like this way of being able to Instead of just having like a amp sound and pedals and things, I actually had, you know, all my gain stages for my gig were actually the amp in varying stages of input level from the guitar, but the amp was always cranked. Um, And it just, it just sounded, it just sounded really, really cool. And the fact that that you're running the amp kind of wide open as well, even with the volume right down for the clean sound, at the beginning, um, you're still getting all those highs. You're still getting this really open yeah, yeah. sound. And it helps yeah. that I'm doing that volume in the Helix and not on the a guitar. On the guitar so you're not kind of choking the guitar sound. So still. there's a setting on the Helix that allows you to artificially restrict the input level that would be coming from a guitar into the amp. Well, it's Is just it's just like having a volume pedal. So right, you, you, right, you can right, just right, have right. A, if you just have a volume yeah. pedal at the beginning, but instead <clears throat> of actually you, of using the pedal, instead yeah. of assigning the pedal to it, uh-huh. You can have different settings of that volume pedal associated yes. with different yeah, yeah. Perfect. pedals. Perfect. And then I can have other Perfect. pedals yeah. like delay or chorus and things like that. Good thinking. Good thinking. <laughs> yeah. So Did it you, was really, really I mean, cool. it's simple. Did you come up with that idea and notion yourself of, of if I just put well, a volume pedal in front of it all and then <laughs> set it at different EQs and save those patches that saves me? Or is that, is that like a common thing people do? I don't know. Actually, I don't know if anyone else does it. Maybe, but that's one of the great things about the Helix <clears> is it allows you to mm. associate almost anything to a pedal. 
mm. you know, or mm. to a snapshot, which is like, which is not a pedal. It's like a, you know, like in if you've got like one of those gig rig G3s or G2s, whatever, where you can have one pedal turn on multiple pedals and off and, you know, turn on different, you can just, yeah. it's, that's the kind of thing the snapshot is in a Helix. It's where you can... Yeah. You can create a scene and save it as a scene within the, the preset that you have. So a pedal on a helix could either be related to a pedal itself or something in your signal chain, or it can or it can be assigned to like a snapshot, which is multiple things. You know, it's it's quite yeah. you know complex to set up, but you yeah. know if you kind of if you think innovatively about how you want your rig to work, it's it's really handy. You know, you can have some things where it could be like a complete rig change. Um, but like the difference is, is like with like a G2 or something like that, where you're just turning loops of pedals on and off with the helix, Mm -hmm. you know, that Mm -hmm. snapshot can do two things. It could have some pedals coming on and off whilst changing the settings of some of those pedals as well at the same time, like changing gain or volume like I've done. So I tried to take advantage of that, but it mainly came out of the fact that I just really loved the sound of that particular amp model mm, cranked mm. with the Les Paul. So I did the yeah. whole wedding gig on the Les Paul. That's the first time in years I've done a whole gig yeah, yeah. on that guitar, partly because I've been working so hard on it to to get it playing really, really well again. And the last thing I've got to do with it, and this is my other thing, is yeah. to fret dress it. And I've actually yeah. taken the dive to buy some tools so, you know, so for, you know, a, a leveling bar, um, crowning fret uh, for file, and and all that stuff, and I've just got the the, the notched um, mm-hmm. beam to make sure that the fingerboard's yeah. straight. So I'm just trying to find exactly. out which day I'm going to have the most courage to to do this. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Man. Oh, I'm super pleased. I'm yeah. super pleased. Well, I mean, go for it, man. It is actually. Um, it is not as as daunting. What it needs is time and space to do it and also it helps um to break it up into stages so Mm. you don't get like uh like just a kind of fatigue of doing it because it is repetitive in many elements of it Mm -hmm. um so you kind of need a couple of hours two three hours set aside where you can do it with lots of natural light Mm. uh definitely natural light massively assists for this um uh, rather than trying to do it at night over mm-hmm. like desk lamps and stuff and um just taking your time and enjoying it uh, and not mm-hmm. rushing any one element of it and the actual process itself is relatively relatively straightforward but i'm happy to do like a um for the for the show as well like a, a step-by-step guide on on doing a fret dress from mm-hmm. basically le- leveling and recrowning and rebuffing frets because we've talked about polishing frets and conditioning yeah. fingerboards and stuff and we've talked a lot about setting up and we've done episodes on getting your action dialed in and cutting the nut slots and all, and all of that but yeah. um probably the next step for an intermediate um kind of uh, person to to have a go on their guitar that actually again with a bit of practice and taking it slow and steady, I think it's infinitely uh, achievable to do a really decent fret mm. level mm. recrown and dress at, at home and get your guitar to, again to that to that next level. You will need a, a few more tools, as you've discovered, and some mm-hmm. of those tools aren't aren't cheap. Yeah, um, but they're there once you've got them. You you've got them, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. um, and that's it. They'll they'll put, they'll pay for themselves in effect after after you've done this a few times. But, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, we can we can walk through it step by step. I'm sure you've read on read up on how to do it as well. Um, but there's there's some little tips and, and and hints I can give people who um who maybe are embarking on this for the first first time. I know we've got luthiers and stuff that listen to the show as well. Who yeah, are, who are experts on it? Who would who could probably chip in as well and even help enhance what I the way I do it. But um, yeah, man, it's it's fun. It is fun, and it's really it's super rewarding. Well, uh, this- this is the thing, right? This is what I've discovered is that, you know, the money, the money I've spent on and invested in some of these tools, you know, like the, uh, you know, the nut files that I've got from Hotscore and the, the, the stuff I've got from Hellfire Tools for doing the fret leveling and things like that. You know, that money I could have paid for a couple of really decent setups from, you know, a, you know, a luthier or, mm. you know, paid for you to do it or, you know, mm. anyone else. But, what I've loved so much over the last few months since we did those shows on setting up things yourself is um, I just really enjoyed the process mm. of mm. like putting, you know, it's, I feel like I'm putting myself like into the instrument in a way yeah. by kind of like 
Do you know what I mean? I, I, oh, I completely. Get, you understand completely. what I mean, don't oh, you? Oh, for it's, sure. It's, it's, there's 100%. something about being more personally and physically involved with that guitar that yeah. I've, that has added something to my enjoyment in playing playing it. You know, like I don't think I I, I don't. I, 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 this might not make sense to some people, but I think you may have set you could have set my Les Paul and my Strat up better than I've I've done currently. But I think I would have enjoyed playing them less for mm. not having been the person who got brought them to that state. So Absolutely. there's that element of it as well. So I'm kind of like, you know, I'm I've, I'm quite nervous if I'm honest about doing the fretless. I know I'll do it fine. I'm going to watch video after video. I'm going to I'm going to try and gain experience by proxy as much as possible before doing it and seeing other people doing it, getting advice, seeing what some people say, trying to learn first. I'm not going to rush into it now. I've got the tools. I've got the tools. I'm ready to do it whenever I can do it. When I'm ready, I'll do it. But, yeah. you know, but, um, but I just, you know, I, I just really loved, you know, taking these instruments and making them better than they were. Uh, mm. And, mm. yeah, such a... Such a joy, isn't it? You know, I can see why you enjoy working on guitar, not just because you're a guitarist. Yeah, yeah, no, totally, man. I mean, I um, like there's elements of the guitar and the guitar world that I wish I was like much better at in all aspects, really. Mm. Um, like music theory, I kind of pick up little bits every every now and again, and it pushes my playing forward. But I've never had a natural aptitude because I haven't invested enough time and and um, effort into into that so it's an ongoing journey but every time it gets it gets better but it but it feels like um it feels like hard work but i know it's worth doing like even listening to you talking about the programming of the of the helix and stuff like that and i've used kind of modeling stuff back in the day but for me it's kind of like it's um it requires effort and it requires headspace and concentration Mm. and thinking to do that kind of stuff Mm. uh whereas for me setting up and servicing guitars is is almost the opposite. It, of course, it requires concentration and effort, but it, I don't find it in any way fatiguing doing that. I find it relaxing, and mm. particularly if if I've got like a day ahead of me where um, I've got the space and time to do it, uh, I, it's just it's just one of the nicest ways I can think of to to spend a day. But, and and the reward mm. you get from taking a, a guitar apart, putting it back together, having it play. When it's one of your own guitars, one hundred percent, you you establish that affinity with it, and mm. and some of them fight against you, and some of them like kind of you know you, you battle with, and then and then it comes good. Mm. I've had customers' guitars where I've set up, and at the end of it, there is that kind of connection with the instrument where I've said to, I, there's a couple of guitars that I can think of where I've said to the to the customer at the end of it, if you ever are looking to sell this guitar, <laughs> give me please give me first refusal. Yeah, you know. And and part of that is because it's it's just a great guitar and needs setting up. And part yeah. of it's because you know it was a it you've put like part of yourself your soul into making it play, yeah. and then all of a sudden it responds, and you go, "This guitar I feel connected to now, and it and it plays really nicely, and it plays exactly how I want it to." And um, there's a particular customer who is a listener of the podcast who has a 1979 Stratocaster, which I hadn't forgotten about. That is beautiful. And I, and I told you, if you're ever going to sell that guitar, please give me first refusal because it's really, really nice. Wow. <laughs> you know, you know who you are. Um, so, uh, yeah. So yeah, I love it. I really enjoy it, but, um, I don't, I don't do as much of it as I, as I used to, um, because I'm gigging now and work mm. is busy and family stuff is busy. So I just, uh, all of my business is through word of mouth and referral. I don't even need to advertise it. People just mm. have, have a good network of musicians who come to see me and recommend me to other people. So it, it works out really nicely, but it, but it is, it is the retirement dream, um, you know, in, in a, mm. in a, in a decade or maybe, maybe a decade and a half, 10, you know, 10, 15 years from now, it is the dream to, to, to do what, you know the likes of Big Ray have done, and you know another listener of the show. Yeah, is, absolutely. I mean, he produces some phenomenal God, instruments. I've got, I've, did you see that last one he made? Yeah, that orange one. I like, kind of yeah. oh, stunning. Just unbelievable. I mean, I'm no, I'm nowhere near that. I'm, I'm a, I'm, I'm a good guitar tech, I would <laughs> yeah. say, and I can, I can set up a guitar really nicely. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I mean, that's proper luthiery, and that's where I need to make the next jump. And so, uh, and and <clears throat> get some qualifications under my belt, get some mm-hmm. some space, and figure and figure out how to get some machinery and and where I want to do my workshop and, and build guitars. But um, yeah, that's that's 
Yeah, I, it, the, to, the reason I'm saying that is because that's how much I enjoy it, that once I'm yeah. done with the day job, I'll, I'll keep gigging as long as I can gig, hopefully mm. well, in, well into my, you know, latter yeah. autumn years. But I'd also like to spend some time seriously making guitars, uh, not in huge volumes, but making no. them for enjoyment and making a little bit of money out of them if I can by selling them. That's, mm. that, that, would be, that would be a wonderful way to spend my days. Oh, what a way to, to, to do it. I'd, I'd love to make a guitar as well. I don't know if I've got a guitar in me to make, but... I'd, yeah, I'm I'd, sure you, know, you have. Maybe, but... <laughs> I don't know. Well, you should I... go on. Um, you should go on this course that I went on, um, which uh, I basically. I, I mean, I was already pretty proficient at doing some of the stuff on, on from a yeah. guitar tech perspective, but I wasn't. I wasn't. I didn't have a you know a setup business or a mm. servicing business back then. I was just only doing it to my own instruments. But went away and, and built a parts caster, um, yeah. and uh, that became one of my main gigging instruments. After that, but what I learned on that course enabled me to then get into properly uh, setting up a business doing guitar servicing for people. Um, yeah. So, uh, but even if you don't head in that direction, you'll end up with a, with a, with a lovely guitar um, and, and some new skills. But to be honest, I think you've accrued a lot of those skills anyway in the last few months. Once you've done the fret dressing and fret leveling, mm. you are, you are ready arguably to, to do it, to, to do a parts yeah. caster. Yeah. I think, I think I'd, there's some other things I'd still like to, get better at you know like um I, I haven't made a bone nut yet for for anything i've still i've put a new nut on the les paul men because the old one had a, a chip in one of the slots yeah and and was kind of you know it was the original plastic one i thought deserves something better but for it sure. was pretty much a pre-shaped one that i just adjust you know adjusted it to fit and then hmm. um just you know properly slotted the the string slots in it to get it exactly at the right height. But other than that, I'd love to have a go at like carving a, you know, a new one. Yeah. <laughs> there's a, there's a really great luthier technician that I follow on Instagram called, oh, what's her, what's her name? I can't remember. I think it's Kez Guitar. It's this lady based in North Yorkshire. And, okay, cool. and she does like Mark Knopfler's guitars. Wow. Um, but she's got a really great Instagram, like fantastic workshop, just like a shed at the end of the garden thing. Yeah, and um, and some of her work is just astound astounding. Just oh, like, I'd love to check her out. Yeah, I mean, like it's really, really incredible stuff. She posts some f- pictures of like, I mean, she does she the kind of stuff she's doing is, I mean, like resetting necks on Martin guitars and things like wow, that. That's so like serious, serious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Net repairs and things like that, yeah. right down to you know pro setups and stuff like that. Um, but I just, yeah, I just find the detail in some of that stuff incredible. Mm. Even, even mm. the, I think this is the thing because I, one of the things I struggle with is patience. This is one of the reasons why I'm also right. a little bit, <clears throat> yeah, kind of scared to start the fret job because I know yeah. it's going to take a lot of patience and time. Yes, doing yeah. those repetitive things like the crowning and stuff like that, and I'm yeah. just going to have to keep my patience in check and not let myself get a little bit rushed and things like that. And I think that's what astounds me the most is that there are jobs that some technicians, you know, like you and this, you know, this lady cares and other people that do that. I just know, well, not only have you just demonstrated, you've given a masterclass in how to do that specific thing, but you've given a masterclass in having patience in a process, getting something perfect. You know, Simon Law's the same. You see some of his stuff. Obsessive, on SVL yeah. guitars, and you just know you look at like the a bone nut that he's done, or he's like just some aging or a paint finish, and you think you've 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 had to show some serious patience yeah. to get that right. You know, time. You know, little jobs that you take a lot of time in. I think maybe that's one of the reasons why I've been enjoying it so much is that I kind of teaching myself to have a little bit of patience as a because yeah, I've always yeah. struggled with that when it comes to engineering Same. and things like that. I struggle to. Just want something to be done. <laughs> yeah, me too, <laughs> you know mate. I mean? Because there's the, because there's always a to do list, right? Yeah. In life, there's always stuff that's on the to do list. Some of it's guitar mm. related, some of it's family related, some of it's work related. Whatever, friendships, mm. mowing the lawn, doing the shopping, whatever. There's always yeah. a to do list in life, right? Mm. And um and and this stuff has to slot in and, and fit in somewhere, right? Which is why right from the off, the, the one thing I said is when before you do it make sure you've got some time set aside because I'm exactly the same, mate. Yeah. I'm, impa- I'm impatient. 
uh, innately exactly. and I've got a million things on my to-do list like you have. But the um, the threat leveling process is is such a repetitive one. And if you take your time with it, obviously, the more you do, the faster you'll get at each individual step. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to, you know, what will probably be a half a day job for you the first time you do it will then condense into like two or three hours the next time. Then you'll be able to do it, you know, in, in two hours. But mm-hmm. even even then, I wouldn't be pushing. I mean, it'd be interesting to, to, to know because some of it is workshop dependent, tools dependent and experience dependent. But it'd be interesting to know you know, from some of the luthiers and, and techs that listen to the show, how much time they set aside to do a fret level, recrown, full fret dress mm-hmm. um, on something like a, a Les Paul, which is obviously slightly slightly different to doing it on a, on a, on a bolt-on neck where you can just take the neck off and have at it a little bit more easily. But certainly I would be looking mm. to to do it properly. I, I, I set aside at least two to three hours yeah. to do it, mm. which includes some breaks in between mm. because the individual steps masking up and even, even just doing that, masking mm. everything up properly on, on a bound fingerboard like that. And then um, taking the time to between each step mm-hmm. and then the crowning process, making sure you've really crowned each fret to the absolute kind of best you can before you then start, you know, removing all the scratches and sanding back and buffing and polishing and all of that. It's, and you've got like 22 odd frets to do it on 24, whatever the guitar may be, you know, mm. that's a repetitive piece of work. And if you, if you get, if you kind of spend the time on the first five frets, but then after that, you kind of go, this is getting boring or, or there's something else on my to-do list that I've got to do. And then yeah. you start rushing the last, the last, you know, half of the fingerboard, forget it, forget it. It's not, it's not going to turn out well. You're going to, you're going to end up disappointed in, in the end results. Whereas if you just take the time, Building some nice breaks in between mm-hmm. each step, and and force yourself not to rush it. Then then it's then it's brilliant. So that's, that's, that's that is the key thing. That's the key thing. Find a day yeah. when you've got all, all the time in the world that day, mm. and um, and then and then it'll be enjoyable. Yeah, that's the key. That's the key for sure. Is just to maintain that that patient approach. That's, and I yeah. will do it. I will be able to do it. I, I just, uh, you know, I just want to make sure I get it right because I haven't really yeah. got, you know, it's not like I've got like a junker guitar that I can just practice on first. And I've actually considered yeah. that. I've actually thought of like going on to Facebook Marketplace and just trying to find somebody selling an old electric for 50 quid and just yeah. buying it and just thinking, well, now I can just have at it on this. And if it doesn't go right or if I get something wrong or if I think, oh, I'm, you know, I need to practice that, then it doesn't matter, you know, and I'm not really, maybe I will do that. Actually. Might be worth doing, yeah. to be to be fair. I mean, I've got an old guitar neck that you could have a go on, but to be honest, you want to, you want it, um, you want it a complete, you want a complete guitar to be able to see the start and finish so you can play it afterwards. Mm-hmm. Not, mm-hmm. I mean, there is some merit in even just getting an old Strat neck off eBay or something mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. and a Squire mm-hmm. neck and, and just having a go so you can practice some of the techniques, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, I'm sure there'll be a squire neck on eBay for like 10, 15 quid that you could just have have a go yeah. at just to practice the concepts of it. Um, that's definitely probably a, a worthwhile idea um, or an old junker guitar. But to be honest, mate, I can talk you through it and we can do step by step if you get yeah. worried or just give me a call as you're doing it. You, you'll be fine. Hmm. Main thing, the main thing is time. It's um, It's not a complicated thing to do yeah there's no complex geometry or measurements or kind of specific like techniques Mm. other than the recrowning bit there's a bit of the there's a bit of knack to to recrowning um that that might uh require a bit of practice Mm. um with the with the file that you've that you've got but Mm. it's all doable yeah, I mean, I'm kind of, I'm, you know, leaning back on my, I'm trying to go back in my mind to my apprenticeship when, you know, the first year of my apprenticeship, you know, a former British Aerospace apprentice, um, the first year was all like old school engineering, you know, as we did like nice. milling and turning sheet metal work and stuff like that. And, mm. and, uh, and one of the, one of the, um, um, things that we did was bench fitting, which was basically just, yeah. you know, hand engineering, just using just files and hand nice. drills and things like that to make. I made a G clamp all by hand. My dad's got it. Cool. At home. But, um, uh, yeah, that was all like file technique. So much of that was file technique, you know, putting blue dye down, 
on the metal okay, great. and then trying great. to get the flat level. So I need to go, I just go back in my mind, you know, like even, even pressure across the file and stuff That's like that. That's it. You've so got I it all, the mate. techniques yeah. there. I just yeah, haven't do. done it for a while. I, it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, you've totally got it. Wow. Yeah. You're, I had no, I had no idea that you'd done that kind of stuff, which I hadn't done that since, uh, a levels over here, so yeah. like um, high school. But in yeah. uh, in in high school, I, I I did loads of academic subjects, but uh, mm. then chose rather randomly for because most of my um, teacher was like, "Why have you chosen to do that as well as one of your like major subjects?" So I did chemistry, I did um, biology, human biology, because I was all set to go to dentistry school at one point or medical school, um, and then I chose um, like w- woodwork. And and uh, and metalwork as and 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 uh, as my as my like, like why are you doing that? Don't you want to do like physics or maths? Or and I was like, no. And I didn't realise why I'd chosen it at that point. But yeah. I just love I just loved doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then here here we are, all these years later, and some of those skills like like you talking about yeah. where you did your apprenticeship, and you go, do you know what? Yeah. I, I mean, I'm I am not a carpenter by any stretch of the imagination. I am mm. not a luthier, but I aspire to be. Mm. And part part of it's daunting for me, and I'm I'm going to have to learn all those things again. But I know I enjoy doing it when I learn those new skills and yeah. I made all kinds of weird and wonderful stuff and welded <laughs> stuff and made stuff on lathes and yeah. learned, learned basic joinery and stuff like that. I mean, I've, I've forgotten most of it, but um, the same principles mm. when you apply it to, to doing guitar tech stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's cool, man. It oh yeah. You'll be cool. fine. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. You got it. You yeah. Got it. I, I, have you ever designed a guitar? Have you ever just like tried and sat down and like, even though you're not a luthier yet, you know, you're something yeah. you will be, I'm yeah. sure. And you have you Hopefully. ever like really thought about what kind of, what would the Kieran's first model be like? What would you do? Oh, man, that's a great question, isn't it? I'm really good at critiquing guitar designs that come out and looking at something and going, this is what I love about it. And mm. this is what I'm, I'm not, I'm not a fan of. But no, I don't think I've ever sat down and, uh, you know, like you do when you're a kid and you just draw cards and you end up designing <laughs> yeah, these cool sports cards with like 17 machine guns <laughs> on it and like a rocket launcher and an ejector seat and a, and a swimming pool out the back. Yeah. Um, no, I haven't, I haven't ever sat down and, and thought if I was going to make a, hmm. a, a guitar. Do you know what? And, and we've talked about this on the show before, haven't we? About how guitarists are so traditional in their yeah. love of, in their. I'm, I think I fall into that camp, right? So it will probably be um, if if I if if I manage to 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 do this hmm. in the future, um, it will probably be at least in the first instance before I get some serious like skills under my belt. Um, it will be making replicas of designs that i that i know and love yeah. so strats to start with you know but making the bodies making the necks and then if i can get the skill set up to the next level doing set neck stuff making yeah, some kind of les paul designs replicating those because those and it sounds dull doesn't it but those are genuinely the designs of guitars that excite me yeah, and get, yeah. get make me really happy so to be able to do to do that myself and build guitars that like that myself but then as I'm sure like any, any luthier, you probably then, once you know you can do that, you've kind of ticked that box and then your, your creativity side and your skill set go, well, what can I build myself? Mm. I mean, I could only dream to, to be, you know, like a Ben from Crimson Guitars or something where he literally just takes anything and comes up with these literally yeah. ridiculous, I mean, that's just another level. That's, that's just genius level, but yeah, there may come a point where I think, well, this is the design that I would like. But yeah, no, my initial gut instinct, mate, if I, if there comes a time in my life where I can make a strap from scratch myself or mm. make a Les Paul mm. uh, from scratch myself, I'll, I'll, I'll be, yeah, that's it, man. I'll be, I'll be ecstatic. Yeah, sad, well, isn't it? Sad. Well, no, it's really. not sad, but I, I've got to say, I think there's something, there's, what I like about about it is the because it's, it's kind of like this thing where technically with a guitar, it affords you the ability to be super creative with a design without yeah. being overly accurate about anything in terms of plans or anything, because it's like you could take a chunk of wood and as long mm. as you've kind of like carved out or rounded out the net pocket nice and accurately, <laughs> everything else is all up for... It's, 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 you could do what True. you want with it. You could kind of like Absolutely. just draw shapes on it and kind of try yeah. and 
cut something and just like sand and carve yeah. away wood until you're happy with something. And um, you know, I guess I guess the, the the thing is like I'm sure one of the first things any a lot of people could do if they're learning to build guitars is is to like create a new body design and yeah. attach it to an existing neck. But I guess making a guitar neck and making it the right feel and yes. size and making it fit perfectly into that pocket yeah. and also fretboard, you know, having a board on it or or mm-hmm. not and fretting it. All those things, you know, do you put a, you know, volute on it, you know, to, depending on the neck yeah. angle, how do you get the neck angle? Actually, like the physics of making a guitar neck yeah. must be incredible, incredibly difficult to get right. I mean, even Gibson didn't get it right for a long time. Oh, you know, it was arguably, the late, they still haven't got it they right. They still don't, yeah. it was, but it was the late <laughs> 60s, wasn't it, before they put the volute yeah. on it because of the neck angle changed yeah. didn't oh sorry the brake angle from the headstock changed yeah and yeah. It, for a long time the the bit of wood between where it met the rest of the fretboard was so i mean this is why so historically so many gibsons have had neck brakes right because yeah, yeah it was just absolutely. such a the angle was you know i think late 60s they 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 kind of reduced that angle a little bit and put a volute on so there was a chunkier bit of wood at the top of the Right, exactly. But, um, it's why you get the scarf joint on a lot of yeah. cheaper model guitars. One, because it's easier to manufacture in that way than a one-piece neck. But actually, that joint there, actually being scarfed, mm. arguably adds a bit more strength than a single piece of wood because all the fibres are running in one way with the wood. So it's That's just, right, it's weak. yeah. So it's you're weak. not cutting through the grain where it can easily break away. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, yeah. Seven, 17 degrees or something, I think that break, break angle yeah. of that neck is, which... Um, arguably is one of the worst designs possible from a tuning perspective and fragility perspective. Um, looks cool though. Yeah. <laughs> I still I'd, love it. I'd love to try and make a Gibson style guitar because there's something really fascinating to me. I mean, I, I love the Fender design that Leo came with the bolt on neck because that was designed to be simple to manufacture and, and yeah. to assemble, you know, by non luthiers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yet yeah, yeah. Gibson still maintained through that period that, you know, you had to be a luthier to build the guitars and everyone put so much effort into making them. And you just think like a Les Paul, you know, he's like a chunk of mahogany with a big slab of maple on top and it's all carved perfectly. And then, yeah. you know, the neck's is glued in and it's got this big tenon that runs underneath the pickups. And it's just such an interest. And then they've got to get the angle right and carve the wood so that the neck sits in at the right angle. You know, because, uh, you know, if you don't, some people might not even realise, you know, like a, a strat is like a perfectly straight thing, isn't it? Whereas a Les Paul, yeah. you sit a Les Paul strat and the neck's at a different angle. It kind of, you've got to work that out. It's just such a fascinating piece of engineering and build, you know, to make something yeah. like that would be would be awesome. And that's one of the, Simon Law, again, we mentioned he makes all those great SVL strats and telecasters. Mm. Occasionally, he makes Les Pauls. I think he makes one or two a year. I know, and, uh, I know. and, and he sometimes posts pictures. I don't think he even sells them. I think sometimes he does them as projects for particular Ooh. people or whatever like that. And, and he do, he makes them in such a traditional way and shows shows such fascinating things. I mean, that guy is a genius. I'd love to speak to him and pick his mind about about things. But um, yeah, it's so great to see things made like that. I'd love to be able to do it. Maybe one day. You certainly will one day. Well, I, I don't know. I don't. Well, that's it. It needs time and a bit of money and a bit of headspace to do it, mate. But yeah, mm. certainly, if there ever was an opportunity where I won the lottery and and money was no object, and once I'd taken care of friends and family and the kids and all of that, yeah, that's it. I, that's what I would do in a heartbeat. Mm. I would I would go and get myself upskilled and trained as a luthier mm. and just build guitars and mm. make 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 whatever money I could. Uh, Arguably, I should just do that anyway because life's too short. So I need to make plans. I need to make the next step. And the next the next step for me is to to take myself properly down to Crimson Guitar School and in, uh, endorse it and do their do their do their course yeah. and get that next level of skills set up. I mean, which is brilliant to have that in our country now. Um, that Luthier School. Yeah. Um, because formally, I think you probably had to go to the states and do a residential course there for a yeah. couple of years to to get to that to that next level of skill set. If it's something that you didn't, you know, you mm. don't innately have uh, an aptitude for. Some people are just naturally gifted at, at carpentry and woodwork and stuff like that. But I'm going to need to get get taught those skills and and how to use the machinery and stuff. So yeah, uh, that that is the next step. Um, so finding a slot in my life to be able to take a year out or something and do that is. Mm. That that's the catalyst. Yeah, yeah. 
I know. I'm dreaming now. I'm dreaming. Daydreaming. Which In course nice did you do? Because Crimson do so many courses, don't they? Not that this is yeah, a, they do. You know, sponsored or anything, but they do. They do like no. one or two days setup courses and things like that, don't they? And and yeah, like, uh, no, I'd go all in. I'd go all you? in. So I, I well, when I did this kind of three or four day guitar build course on the Strat course, hmm. those were like three or four of the best days of. Of, of my life mm. you know, apart from my wedding day and the birth of my children and, and all the other things <laughs> that I feel obliged to say at this point <laughs> you know apart from those apart those from things, things obviously those those are on a different scale waking up in the waking up in the morning getting into the car and it was a particularly nice kind of spring time of year mm. where you'd wake up early and, the, and the, the, the birds were out and the sun was kind of just rising and it was all yeah. just like beautiful and you'd have a little a little drive down to the workshop and you know there'd be there'd be some blues music already playing. The kettle would be on, and you knew that the rest of the day was all clear, apart from just learning some guitar skills and building guitars. Man, I tell you what, that was three or four of the best days. Really? Honestly, honestly, just bliss, Absolute right? Bliss. So, it, it, so much so that the next time, if I get an opportunity to do that and take my my skills to the next level, man, to be able to do that for a few months, that would just be yeah. idyllic. That would be idyllic. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Just to learn everything. Just to, yeah. you know, go there and have, you know, choose, choose what wood, what, what's, yeah. what, what woods shall I, you know, oh. what, what um, trees shall I turn into an instrument and, exactly. and you know, just do everything from scratch, you know. Absolutely, mate. And nerd out and hang out with like-minded people that are into all of this and, and be humbled <laughs> by what they can do, but also ang- yeah. nervous about what I can't do, but then like make progress. Even if I don't become a luthier at the end of it, and even if I don't end up doing that as a yeah. retirement plan, yeah. I've not lost anything because yeah. the whole I, I'll, I'll have enjoyed the process and the journey as much as anything and built something regardless yeah. and, and have a whole new set of skills. So it's not like, that, that, you know, I'll have lost anything if, if it doesn't then turn into a new profession for yeah. me. But if it did then turn into a new profession for me, wow, that, that mm. would be, that'd be super cool. I feel like this has turned into some sort of therapy session about how I need to reassess my life goals oh, and current, current trajectory and plan. I just feel like you're holding back. <laughs> you know. Oh, stop it. <laughs> Don't. I'm going to go into a spiral of questioning yeah. my life choices now. <laughs> it's fine. Well, do you know what? We should get, because we met Ben from Crimson, didn't we, at the we Robin did. Guitar Show last year. We did. Um, yeah, lovely. Really, really lovely guy. Lovely chap. I mean, I really yeah. love his YouTube channel and the things he's done. Over yeah, the years, but not only has he, I mean, he's a really enterprising guy, isn't he? Really, mm. um, obviously quite an entrepreneur as well as a very, very talented, creative luthier. Um, yeah. Because he's like, uh, he's got the, I think he runs a, a guitar museum now down yes. in Dorset, doesn't he? It's, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it, I think it's opening, if not already open, but he's in the process of building this. Yeah, I think it's called it the Dorset Guitar Museum, but yeah, where you can go down. So we've got to go and do that. I mean, Dorset. I used to work in Dorset. It's not that far from where you and I live. We no, could be absolutely. there in, a, in an in an, an hour, hour or so. so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, easy to get to. And I and and he's also. I mean, what he's done with Crimson Guitars is really. Uh, you know, I mean, that's something that that hardly anyone has been able to do. One of the mm. things that that I think is is certainly apparent to me in our industry is that. There's a, there's a bit of a ceiling on how far you can take your new guitar company. You know, you've got people like MB Guitars and, you know, SVL yeah. and people who are very, very talented and do well. James Collins and just create incredible instruments. But yeah. for them to grow into a larger company is, you know, there's a, there's a, almost a, there's, there's, there's a, it's a little bit of a step too far, you know, to go ahead and then sure. become that sure, next sure. big company. Um, well, well, we'll look at who you're competing against. Well, I mean, exactly. behemoth, behi- the behemoths, you know. It, so there's always going to be two, in it. and and some, some, in some ways, that's the premium of having a boutique, yeah. handmade, you know, luthier-focused instrument, right? Mm-hmm. You know, because even from the likes of Gibson, PRS, Fender, people ultimately yeah. aspire, if they could, to purchase one of those guitars with that name on the headstock to have a yeah. custom shop, you know, Murphy Lab. Well, there you know, we go. Yeah. Instrument which has been worked on, or you know, That's whatever right. it is uh, yeah. from Fender custom shop guitar that someone's just it's only had one set of That's hands it. on it. You know? Exactly. Tom Murphy's in there dipping guitars in coffee, <laughs> <laughs> you know, or leaving them out in the rain. <laughs> 
Careful now, Matt. Anyway, yeah. So, so there's those guys. I mean, one of the things I really yeah. like about what Ben's done at Crimson is he's managed to take mm. that kind of company that he's built, like SVL or MB Guitars or you know whomever James Collins of being like one man band doing custom stuff, yeah. and he's managed to innovate around it and create yeah. not only this business now that yeah they do make custom guitars, and I'd probably guess, and maybe I'm wrong that. Actually, making guitars and custom guitars is probably the smallest part of their business now. And I actually assume that you know he probably does more business in the in the luthier school that he's built and mm. tools. He, he mm. I think he also recognised that um, in making a lot of his own tools when he was a luthier that actually he could sell all those tools as well. So why not sell tools and finishes and things like that? You yeah. know, so he's got that whole yeah. brand now. Where yeah, if you don't go to him for guitars, certainly you probably go to him for tools and and for you know accessories and things like that yeah Um, i bought a bunch of the bunch of his stuff it's really good because previously i used to get all my stuff from stumac yeah in the states and it's really expensive i mean they do good stuff stumac but it comes at a ridiculous premium and price and particularly if you live overseas it used to come with extortionate Mm. shipping and and taxes and stuff like that but he's he's churning out really decent decent stuff that i've got um so well let's see if we can get him on the show and have have a chat to him and then yeah. That'll be it. He'll convince me to go onto one of his courses, change change my that life. That will happen. And, uh, oh, I'm going to reach out to him just so that I can see you squirm when he's telling you to do and, and join this. <laughs> well, he did. He did at the guitar show. Did he? he did. I mean, oh, but mate, I had a 30 second conversation with yeah. with the guy because I saw him literally at the end of the show when when everyone was packing down, and so I kind of pounced on him just because I'm a bit of a a fan yeah and he was super nice and super engaged and you know i'd literally just kind of accosted him and 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 he asked you know oh what's what's the, the guitar smarts podcast and everything oh that sounds brilliant i'll have a listen etc and i told him about you know my uh, ambition and desire to to um to go on one of his courses and he was like super encouraging to absolutely come down come and chat to us we'd love to talk to you about it um you know Obviously, he's there to sell the package and sell the product, but it, it wasn't a sell. He mm. was just engaged and interested that somebody had that passion and wanted to come and experience it and learn. So he just said, yeah, anytime you want to come down and just chat chat to us about it and have yeah. a look, yeah, please do. So, yeah, uh, maybe that's what I need. Maybe, maybe that's that I need. is what you need to do, mate. Maybe you just need to just plan it over <clears> the next few years. Just say, right, you know, this year is the year that I'm going to take two weeks out of my schedule this year and go and yeah. do, you know, one yeah, of the intensive, you know, Valuthia yeah. courses, come away with a guitar and a, and a, yeah. a hell load of new skills yeah. for, you know, and then just like, then you need, then you need the workshop at home. Then you need, yeah. you know, to yes. get that yeah. building at the end of the garden and you need to get That's the workbenches built and you need to get yeah, your tools yeah. hung on the walls and you're going to need to buy a lot more tools as well, you know, know. and then, you know, know, then you need to hand in your notice at work so that you can start. Yeah. Going round to wood suppliers and hardwood suppliers and and then then yeah and then it'll all just you know come together (laughs) somehow somehow it'll all come together the kids will pay for themselves the the mortgage will be done Uh, yeah the price of gas will disappear and no but there's I mean to be fair there's always reasons not to do it but what I do like and what I've always done or tried to do with anything is set like little incremental goals because. If you think about the like the the end result of trying to get from where I am now to mm-hmm. having a workshop equipped with machinery that I understand how to use and the skills to do it, and to then be able to to, to sell guitars to people to generate a revenue stream that then supports me. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I think about it in that way, it's just like it's daunting, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's it's wait. There's too many things that need to happen between A and 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 Z to or Z, depending on which continent you're on, uh, that need to happen. Um, to make that a reality, right? Mm. But uh, ever was it thus, depending on any goal that you set yourself, that's that's a big, hairy goal, right? You know, so break break it up into into it's, into into small things. That's right. Think about the brick, uh, not the wall, as I remember. Oh, this uh, is you. Will this Smith is quote was, but Will Smith also said, keep my wife's name out of your goddamn mouth, whatever it was. <laughs> He did, and then and then physically abused somebody. So yeah, uh, yeah. how did he? How did he not get cancelled for I that? Don't know. He pretty much has, hasn't he? I mean, oh, what he? else has I he done know. since then? I don't know. No. I don't know. No. But anyway, different different thing, different thing. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I think the next thing is break it up. What what is the next thing that I really want to be able to learn mm. and do in terms of guitar luthiery and 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 do that mm-hmm. and do that. 
Um, yeah. So, yeah, man. Cool. Right. Well, I feel like my therapy session is over, but I dare yeah. say we should continue that in, 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 the, in the near future. Yeah, um, for sure. I tell you what I yeah. want to talk about on an upcoming podcast, by the way, just to give people oh, yeah. a thing, because um, is pickups. I want to talk about pickups yeah. because pickup technology is changing. It's really changing. Fender have got their new pickups out that are like different magnets. I don't know if you remember. No. I can't remember I what they're called. There are different range of pickups now that are coming into right. advanced models that have got brand new magnet technology in and, and you know, noiseless and stuff like that. Fishman's Fluent stuff, you know, oh, yeah. all this stuff that's been coming out now that, you know, LR bags have got these new acoustic pickups that you can literally mm-hmm. stick under the bridge and, and they work. That's so cool. pickup technology is changing. And I want to kind of look at some of the new products that are out and kind of have a chat okay, about the upcoming cool. podcast. So yeah, kind man. of going on from our Lutheran guitar build conversation. Let's, next, yeah. next time we get together, let's have a chat about pickups. Is it innovation for innovation's sake? Is it broken in the first place? Does it need fixing? Is it an improvement? Yeah. Maybe. Let's see. Is it, I don't if know. it ain't broke, don't fix it. It's, do you know what? I always think that's a little bit of a cop-out kind of thing. Because yeah. I kind of understand when people say, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, but that's like saying... You know, what's wrong with my horse, Henry Ford? I don't need a car. It's, it's, it's you yeah, know, yeah, that's yeah. what I kind of feel like. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. But anyway, there we go. Good chat. Nice to catch up with you, mate. Any plans for this week? Yeah. Uh, plans for this week? Well, we've got um, we've got the, the the by the time this airs, this will have already happened. But we've got the um, we've got the, the king's coronation this weekend. It's true, in, yeah, absolutely. In the UK, so I'll be mm-hmm. I'll be um, well. What will I be doing? I won't be pledging my allegiance because I'm not that way inclined. No, uh, uh, I'll uh, but I'll be having an extra day off. That's right. Nice. That is true. <laughs> I think that's not a bad trade-in for having an unelected despot, isn't it? I mean, it just... <laughs> I, I think you and I share the same yeah, philosophy yeah, on the so. monarchy here, but I, in, we are in danger of being very divisive and alienating anybody that is, uh, that yeah. is a staunch royalist. So we'll probably better not go down that route, but yes. Yeah. Uh, being, being of Indian descent, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Suffi- su- su- suffice to say, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's an interesting exactly. dynamic, uh, the royal family. But yeah, I, you know, I choose to live in this country, so you know, I will. There you go. Pay my respects <clears throat> in the right and appropriate way. So same here. Same here. Yeah. Bye. I'll be. Uh, I'll be probably taking advantage of the quiet roads uh, and going somewhere else, maybe, um, and doing something else. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, pretty chilled out weekend, mate. But a long one coming up. Um, I'm going to play some more guitar. Nice. I'm going to learn some more more Eric Bibb blues esque licks on my acoustic because I enjoyed doing that yesterday. That was good fun. Nice. Um, and then yeah, I've got a gig start again in two weeks' time. So yeah, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna enjoy some time with the family and stuff, mate, and hope the weather bloody improves in this country. We're in May now, and it's just ridiculously yeah, awful. I'm waiting for a decent weekend to you know. Oversee the lawn, do some moss treatment, <laughs> get it scarified, you know, top dress it and just, you know, oh, wait Jesus. for it all to flourish. Yeah. <laughs> I did See, it too there you go. So, so you already have the discipline of the steps and the patience and the thing. Lawn care, You're treat right, your fret yeah. level and recrowning on your guitar like yeah. you approach your meticulous patience to, to lawn care. Yeah. Man, do that. Just In think fact, of it if in you that do way. put them both, if you put lawn care, and yeah. guitar set up together, you get some of the secret Murphy Lab processes for aging <laughs> guitars. You know, it's you know, Tom Murphy's. He's dipping some of them in coffee, leaving some out in the rain. He some of the others he's just yeah. throwing around in his garden. Yeah. So yeah. Well, he takes the scarifier to, to the, to the top, to <laughs> tops of some of his guitars to a heavy. He, they're the heavy relic ones. Those are the heavy relic ones. That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tom the Tom Murphy scarified Les Paul. <laughs> That's right, limited yeah. to only 300 yeah. copies worldwide covered in grass I mean, it's mostly, it's, it's, yeah it's mostly splinters <laughs> <laughs> but, you know. uh, yeah somebody will buy it I'm sure probably you get Someone it in Anderson's what are you doing what are you doing this weekend apart from waiting for the skies to clear so you can yeah. Yeah. the laws yeah I'll probably go I'll probably go swimming go for a walk I nice. think family walk nice. every weekend um uh, get some jobs around the house done. I've got some tiling right. to finish, you know. Um, I've got some 
paint to watch dry. I'll probably do that tomorrow. This is the yeah. least rock and roll weekend both of us have got planned. Anything, no gigs, anything to avoid. No guitar-related stuff. It's all. It's, see, this is the this has come full, full full circle. This is why we need to correct this and <laughs> and get ourselves on a on a intensive guitar literary course. Yeah, I think we've earned it. It's Do you reckon our respective wives would just let us take two or three months out of out of life? What if we went two, and did no, it together? Two or three months for me. I, I, I could. I, I could definitely. You know, in one one day in the future, for sure, I could get get myself on a. I'd love to get myself on a Lutheran course of some kind, mate. You know, I'd love but, to do that with you. Imagine if we could do that. Just like get away for a, a few weeks and just find a nice bed and breakfast, yeah. uh, separate room, separate rooms, obviously, of course, obviously. you know. But just just go just go yeah, just have a week around yeah, with guitars great, all day. That'd be fantastic to come away with a new, you know, like a new guitar each and. You know, to yeah, have had right. an absolute ball doing that. That would be amazing. Yeah. That'd be yeah, that'd be that'd, awesome. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. I feel I feel we're making the start of a of a plan here. Yeah. We're gonna ha- we're we're gonna have to spend some time and now the fact that we've talked about it on the show, we've we've made it public and verbalised it. So if we don't follow through in some way, we're just going to appear like. Are you saying that we've that we're manifesting it by putting it out into the universe? Like, I hope we are. Yeah. I hope we are. I think we should. Otherwise, there's no part two to this conversation. It's just an empty, wow. dead end, uninspiring, you know, nothingness. Let's make this something. There you go. There you there go, listeners. Go. But it there has to go. be something now. We're going to look back and refer to this podcast episode, aren't we? We are, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> Remember an episode from that B&B and Dorset? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're here. We made it. Right. Before we get ahead of ourselves. Yeah. All right, buddy. Well, look, wonderful catching up with you, as always, mate. Pleasure. Looking forward to Pleasure. the next one. Let's have a chat about pickups and uh, various other things, I'm sure. But um, until yeah. then, have yourself a cracking week, mate, and I'll speak to you soon. Yeah, likewise, buddy. Take care. All the best, mate. Take care. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you hear, then remember there are 70 odd other episodes going back over two years that you can check out where we talk about all kinds of things like how to run a jam night, how to join a band, getting good life sound, even the Guitar Smarts pub quiz. Go and enjoy them. Anyway, best wishes. See you next time on the Guitar Smarts podcast.